0: Hey everybody, you know what time it is. This is officially never out of bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is always protected. As long as you got them facts. This is your host, L. Jamal. We got a, uh, quite a few things to discuss today. So let's get right into it with the war on the street. Now, there's a serious issue going on in the country of Myanmar. Now, if you're not um, too keen on it if you don't know too much about it uh, Myanmar is located in Southeast Asia uh, bordered by India Bangladesh Pakistan and it was independent it gained its independence in 1948 and it's also no- known as Burma and it's currently home to 53 million people now as of late uh, the Maya uh, the, the country's army has been accused of genocide and other crimes against humanity and this is via UN reports now their special forces known as as the Tatmadaw, have been attacking minorities such as the Rohingya in multiple states such as Rakhine, Kashin, and Shan. Now, you uh, UN investigators were not allowed into the country, but they talked to over 800 uh, witnesses who left the country and are currently refugees. Uh, witnesses say women were killed, indiscriminately gang raped, children were also assaulted, and villages and towns were burned to the ground. So this is serious business, folks. Uh, this is some New Age, well, current, modern era, ethnic cleansing. Uh, The Tatmadaw was accused of also carrying out kidnappings, sending people to prison, torture, and other sexual slavery. Uh, People in Rakhine were also deported from the country. The violence began a year ago and has already killed 250,000 people. Uh, 700,000 people have already fled to Bangladesh and also... The commander-in-chief of the uh, Tatmadaw, Ming Aung huang currently is under investigation, as well as other top military official- officials. Now, the Rohingya and many of the, uh, other the uh, other other of the minorities that are facing a lot of these issues, they happen to come from uh, Bengal, so the neighboring country. Like I said, I want to say it's right next to the either to the right or left. I I don't have a map in front of me at the moment, uh, but Bengal is a close country next to Myanmar and. Obviously, um, Myanmar is, in my opinion, it's a little racist, of course. I mean, uh, they're attacking people based on their uh, Bengali roots, uh, pretty much. Now, the state chancellor of uh, Myanmar, Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, conducted her own investigation into the government and the military and included the actions were in response, response to response car- t- uh, to terrorists obviously that does not go over well with anybody else in the international community and the UN officially have her under sanction as well now I'm not too sure what their next course of action is going to be but they are definitely under investigation of these guys and they are definitely contemplating some type of some type of action now what that action is going to be I'm not 100% sure but if if anything does changes, anything does change, I will keep you guys posted on that now we're going to talk about a little bit of news closer to home we're going to talk a little bit about our education department. Now, the office in charge of protecting students from predatory loans, uh, well, at least the leader of that office, oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, the official in charge of protecting students from predatory loans has stepped down. Seth Frothman, who headed the Student student Loan uh, Council for the Financial Protection Bureau, states that the Trump administration has turned its back on young people and their financial futures. Keep this in mind. I want you to keep these things in mind. These are not... Republican or Democratic, these are not necessarily political heads. These are just people involved with the man, and these are these are you know, and he's and this is what he's doing in terms of his dealings with your own education. And this is important above all else. One of the more important things in this country: healthcare, jobs, and uh, education. It looks like he's not really trying to help us get that. Now, Frothman claims that Trump uh the that the Trump administration that's undermining the Bureau by not sharing information from the Department of Education referring to loans. Now also Frothman's department and this is why this is so important because Frothman's department was responsible for overseeing loan rates and as well as reimbursements just in case somebody was overcharged, student was overcharged. Anything like that, or just to control the rates in order to make sure students are paying, you know, what they can afford. That's what his apartment was all about. They also set, uh help set up lawsuits against uh, colleges such uh, such as ITT or, uh the smaller like web based or just smaller colleges, period. Uh, some of the smaller ones. And then also um, he. Uh, also set up lawsuits against loan collectors as well now recently the bureau revealed that the banks were charging excessive account fees to students now the justice and education departments are trying to prevent states from uh, regulating debt collectors so these are these are things that you have to realize you know that you're getting into in certain presidencies i'm not saying uh, you know certain administrations i'm not saying hillary will be all right better all you know, 100% better. But this right here isn't that great either. The head of the Department of Education, Betsy DeVos, also abolished a law that would punish schools who left graduates in excessive debt. Come on now, they don't care that you—they don't care that you succeed. They just care that you pay, and that's the difference. That's you know, you keep trying to ask, you know, what's the difference between this and Republican and, and conservative? Yeah, some of them have their challenges, but obviously. We know that the conservatives don't want us to get educated. It's it's obvious. They don't make it affordable and they take away anything that would make it make it ease of access. I'm sorry. And it's just it's just across the board. And I don't like it. That's one thing I do not like and I and I don't tolerate it because I myself would like to be educated. Is that a problem? Should we not want to get educated? That's the problem with the world. Maybe we need to be thinking about other things than social media and the drama. On Black Ink. Yeah, I said it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. All right, y'all. We're going to take our first quick break. We come back. We'll have a, 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 a super long show today. Um, I think I'm going to get into why. Just to explain to you guys what's going on. I'm going to get into uh, before, after the show just a little bit. But when we come back, we got some news. Uh, we're going to go over some OBJ, Ob- Odell Beckham. And we gonna also got another divisional preview as well. And uh, we're pretty much going to wrap things up. With a little bit of college football news as well Of course, we got the season on the way So we're going to highlight that just a little bit too And then we got one NBA story as well Alright y'all, so we'll be right back Alright, everybody, we back and we're gonna get right into some NFL news here. This is the sports section of the show, and we're gonna get right into the big story. Odell Beckham Jr. I'm pretty sure my football people do know about this, but let's get into some of the parameters here. Odell Beckham Jr. has signed a five year extension with the New York Giants. He will be the highest paid receiver in football. He's gonna be getting paid about 95 million bucks overall, with 65 million bucks guaranteed. Now, with all All this being said, he's set to return September the 9th versus the Jaguars. That might be their season opener. And uh, this is coming off uh, an angle injury he had last year. And we all know how he got it. And um, if you ask me, you know, he's lucky he's had a a good first couple of years, even though he's, you know, even before the injury, he was kind of, if you look at his numbers, they weren't as high, but the last, uh, his first three years, he, uh, had 93, 90 catches in each season, 1300 yards and 10 total TDs. So you can't, you can't get on him too much, especially his first few years, but it's his mentality. My thing will always be, you know, especially with, with our generation, cause I live in it and, uh, you know, we all exhibit it. we've all exhibited these tendencies, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, somebody like him. You know, he needs to get some maturity at some point. Like, we all know how he injured his leg. He was at the club. And, you know, that that cost him some time. And, you know, he's lucky that he, like I said, he's lucky he has, you know, the body of work the first few seasons to, you know, to prove that he can play. Because if he was any other player, he'd be gone. Because we know, you know, he, you know, he heard it, you know, dancing at the club. Y'all know that, right? And then this is the same guy that was on the boat with all the girls right before the playoff game and they got blown out or either after. Either way, you know, so we know his mindset. He's the party guy, and that's okay. You know, it's all right to enjoy your lifestyle. It's all right to, but well, why are we doing this for? You know, I, I was thinking to myself last night, why get in shape? Why, you know, educate myself? Why work hard at a job? You know, at my current job if I'm not going to, you know, enjoy it? But there's a time and place. And um, hopefully, you know, this season, he's one of the leaders of that team. And uh, he can he can uh, step up in the leadership role. That's what I would like to see. I'm not saying he has to be you know the greatest example to his peers or anything like that. But when it comes down to to Sunday and it comes to making sure you know that team is doing well offensively at least, I would like for him to be in that in that discussion. Now, don't get me wrong. You know you got your quarterback. You got Eli, but you know you, if you have some youth there as well, that that looks good too. And it would be good to see. Odell Beckham, step his game up, really, on a leadership level. And check these guys, you know. The the situation with Eli White last season, you know, if you're on your job as a leader, that doesn't go down like that. You know, that shouldn't go down like that. And uh, hopefully he'll take it, you know, the next step further and not only become a better athlete, but a better teammate as well, you know, just on a maturity thing. And uh, a lot of our athletes in our age group, you know, and just us in general as dudes, we have a a tendency to get that way. But, you know, as we get older, we got to realize, you know, these are serious consequences. It's a serious life, you know, and our decision is is basically, you know, going to affect our livelihood. And, um, you know, I just hope for his sake that he can keep his mind motivated to play football. You know, despite having all the money. Now, let's get right into it. Uh, Let's get a... We got another preview, a divisional preview for you guys. Uh, the NFL preseason is wrapping up. I think we got one more, about another week to go. And I have one more divisional to go after this. This is going to be the AFC South. But today uh we're gonna do the NFC, NFC South. Excuse me. The last uh division that we we will preview will be the AFC South. But let's get right into it with the NFC South. It's the last year standings, the Saints finished on top, uh, eleven and five. Uh they went to the divisional championship but lost to the um excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings. Now the Vikings I'm I'm sorry, the Panthers finished that second with the same record, eleven and five, but they lost in a wild card to Saints uh, bringing up the rear we got the Falcons and the Bucks both uh, finishing at 10 to 6 for the uh, 10 to 6 for the Falcons Bucks finished at 5 and 11 of course the Falcons weren't able to make it actually they did make it to the playoffs if I'm not mistaken but they didn't make it too far and as far as the Buccaneers go of course they took another step back last year I'm not too sure what the big, I'm not too sure, you know, what to make of that. That step back last year. I mean, they 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 relatively had a, a solid defense. Um, they still have some of the best two receivers. Uh, I would say in the division. But let's get to some divisional notes here. Um, in terms of the Saints, they added a a, a solid ride receiver with Cameron Meredith and also a good pass rushing rookie with Marcus Davenport. They also were able to get linebacker Demario Davis. Now they're returning their whole line that allowed four point yard five yards per carry rushing. That's almost five yards to carry. That's half a first down. That's pretty good. And they only allowed twenty they only allowed pressure to the quarterback. Drew Brees, about 22% of the time. So about 22% of the time, you'd see him get pressure. But for the most part, he was up in the pocket, standing up straight, and little bit throw the ball. And that's what helps quarterback, especially pocket quarterbacks who can't run too much. So being able to stand up in that pocket, that's helpful. I, looking at it right now, I pretty much, looking at everything, I I really do want to go with the Saints. Um, they maintain the old line, which is important. They're bringing back the running backs, which is another important thing. They're bringing in some receivers as well, and defensively they've also added people. So, I I, I gotta go with the team assistant, which is like which is I'm sorry, which is um, New Orleans. There's no real question here. Now the Falcons, um, they might be my dark horse only for the simple fact that of course they have the Calvin Johnson factor. They also have the Julio Jones factor. They have some great coaching as well, and their defense ranked five fifth in the end zone. So. That would be interested on their point. Again, I don't think it's enough to beat the Saints twice in a row. And then uh, we also got the Panthers. The thing about the Panthers is they, they were 8-1 one in one-score games last season. And, they, and on top of that, they have an aging defense. They're, one of their main linebackers, Thomas Davis, is 37. Mike Davis, their safety, is 37. And Julius Pe- uh, Peppers, one of their prominent uh, for years, one of their more prominent pass rushers. He's now 38 and they allow 16 i'm sorry 6.3 yards per play in terms of passing last year so i don't think they improve I think they actually take a step back, and you're gonna see where the age kind of takes a factor. It's not really that cute. It's not gonna be that cute for them. They're gonna probably regress a little bit too. A little bit. They're gonna. They're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna take a few steps back next year. I, I think they might finish near the bottom. Now, in terms of the Buccaneers, they allowed the fewest uh, sacks in the NFL last season. That didn't mean a whole lot because they weren't able to win a whole lot of games. Uh, they also drafted pass rusher Bita uh, Vea in the first round. And they also signed Benny Curry and J- uh, J- uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who was able to get about 93, uh, 90 quarterback pressures last year. So he's able to get to the quarterback. So is Benny Curry. Bita Vea, of course, he's a rookie. He's known for that. So we'll see what they can do. They'll definitely be able to get at the quarterback next year. Uh, James Wilson, of course, will miss the three games. But then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who in the pinch can can throw better than Jameis Winston, so there you go. I mean, if anybody's on the hot seat in terms of a player, I've never seen a player go qu- so quickly to the hot seat other than Jameis Winston. When he first started, I kind of knew, you know, a lot of people, a lot of um pro scouts, because when he came out, the other big quarterback with him was Marcus Mariota. And there was a lot to be said about both guys and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of um players, a lot of sorry, uh scouts were you know, they prefer Jameis Winston. And I think that's a lot of it because he went to Florida State and uh Marcus Mariota went to Oregon and it's just the styles of play from both schools. Florida State does play more of a pro style, Oregon is more spread. Um, and basically, you know, which means he's uh, the quarterback in that type of offense is not throwing the ball downfield a whole lot, and he's not really standing up in the pocket or you know, lining up behind the center, which is what happens in the pro game, and which is what a lot of pro a lot of pro coaches would be looking for, which is fine. But even even back then, I always had Marcus uh, Mariota with that slight edge, always because I knew he was a better leader and knew he was a better human being, and I think that those two factors would make a difference, and it does make a difference in terms of quarterback. That you gotta be able to lead. James Winston has no real maturity. You can tell by his actions, he's the type of guy that'll grab, you know, grope his his Uber driver. He's the type of guy that'll slam his his fist on the table in the cafeteria and yell out. You know, fucker, riding the pussy. He's just the type of guy to do that. obnoxious and it doesn't work. And uh, he's a weird guy. Like he's the same guy on the on the on the, the sideline, looking on his fingers. I'm like, let's eat a W. He's a weirdo, dude. Like he's a real weirdo. And I don't know how that works under center. Like I, I wouldn't want to play for a guy like I'm just saying. He's a weirdo, and he's. I mean, in, in my opinion, he's not that much great of. A, he's not that great of a passer. So again, in terms of the Bucks. Ah, again, I wanted to put them as a sleeper, and I feel like I did, but, you know, nah, I can't. Um, I think they, uh, the Bucks and the Panthers fight for the, for the final two spots. Um, there's no real sleeper in this division, in my opinion. There's the favorite, which is a Saints, and I and I'll give you my, my Falcons at the dark horse because I, I like Dan Quinn as a as a defensive defensive coordinator. Their offense should be, you know, solid. Um and and you know, and just in terms of the Saints, you know, being a favorite, they've added pieces to, to places that are gonna make them better. They added a, a really good wide receiver that would help Joe Bre- i um sorry, Drew Brees. They uh they kept their O line together, which kept him protected. And they added a def- uh two members to their defense, which was already South. So you know what? I'm going with I'm going with the Saints, y'all. Uh, I'm going with the Saints to win the NFC South. I don't think it's uh that close. I think they get about I think they get why not twelve wins this year. Why not one more? Um in terms of the in terms of the Falcons They'll challenge, but I'll I'll probably give them another ten and six just just because, um, you know they could probably very well drop a game to the Bucks or the Panthers, so there you go. So yeah, that's how I have it for the NFC uh, the NFC South, man. Um. Not too much. I mean, it's it's kind of cut and dry. Some of these divisions are a little bit more cut and dry than others, but that and that one is one of those. It's a little bit easy if you know if you if you've been watching football for the last couple of years, you you kind of know who can win that that division. But uh, moving on to college football, my one of my favorite things in the world. The season starts tonight, y'all. Well, technically today, we have 4 p.m. Well, nighttime Eastern Standard Time. Uh, two uh, tw- uh, number twenty one University of Central Florida will be taking on UConn tonight in a. Uh a child in a battle of American Conference foes. They that's that's their first uh conference game right there, and that'll be the first game of the season. Um, then we got tomorrow uh, Friday night. We got uh Utah State versus number eleven Michigan State. That's gonna be at four p.m. as well, and then we got the prime time action. Number thirteen Stanford is gonna go up against uh San Diego State. That's gonna be at six p.m. That's more than likely gonna be at six p.m. Uh, our time Western time. That's a you know, that's a West Coast game. The rest of these games, they'll probably they'll probably put them on four o'clock our time of course in the Western States, but just know that they're gonna be it's gonna be later on the East Coast. And on Saturday, the big time matchup, um, I would say the biggest matchup of the day. is gonna be number six Washington, number nine Auburn. This is gonna be in Atlanta, and it's gonna be at twelve thirty p.m. Saturday. And then we got another matchup. I I put this up here because I think this is two sleeper teams, possible sleeper teams in their in their conferences. Um, we got number seventeen West Virginia going up against Tennessee. That's also going to be at uh, twelve thirty p.m. And then we got Michigan, number fourteen Michigan going up against Notre Dame, number twelve. That's going to be at four thirty p.m. And the last game on Saturday is going to be Alabama versus Louisville. I think I highlighted that game a couple times, or at least one time when I talked about the SEC or I had my SEC preview. Ah, on second thought, I, I I I might have put yeah, I think I did put Louisville on upset alert. Thinking about it again, nah, I think it's gonna be an Alabama blowout. Yeah, now in terms of Sunday's action, uh, we got Miami number eight. Uh, they're gonna be taking on twenty number twenty-five LSU Louisiana State. Uh, that's gonna be at four thirty p.m. And then Monday, our final game of the week will actually be starting of the, the new week. Um, it will be number twenty Virginia Tech versus number nineteen Florida State ACC battle, basically um that'll be pretty much the, i think that'll be probably the battle for at least second place those two teams right there could probably finish at the top so um look for those games these should be some exciting games my my game to look at though for you guys uh will be what like i said before washington and auburn if you in if you want to see top 10 football if you want to see good football at least the good the team that they claim to be good the nation claims to be good guys for those of you who might not know too much about college football take a look at this game uh you got a pac-12 sec matchup two power five conferences two of the main con- like i said two of the more popular conferences two of the conferences you're going to hear a whole lot on tv or any media check those two teams out they're going to be two teams that are that are you know, depending on how they how well they do during the course of the season, they're going to be in talks to be in the playoffs, which would mean national championship. So I will say take a look at that game as well, and I would also take, say take a look at Michigan Notre Dame. Um, it's they're both ranked in the top twenty five, both near the top ten. I will take a look at this because there's been so much said about Notre Dame moving to the Big Ten. And it's going to be a good chance to see them, you know, compete again with another, uh, you know, with a rival uh, with Michigan. And that's that's a rivalry. uh, Another reason to look at it. And uh, like I said, uh, two teams close to, you know, the top 10. So and my thing would be for anybody who's trying to learn a new sport or, you know, just. Get into it. Look at look at some of the better teams and look at how they play and see if you like it or not. Um, I will take a chance on this on this Michigan State Notre Dame game. They both have good coaches. They both have good solid teams, so it'll be a pretty good football game to watch, y'all. And we're end everything up. Oh, actually, yes, we do. We're going to end everything up with college football with some All Americans during right before the season starts. You know, we start talking in terms of college football. We talk about our All-Americans. So I'm going to talk about the first-team uh, offense and the first-team defense. We're just going to name off a couple some of the players and some of their stats as well. So let's get right into it. Let's get right into the first-team offense. Uh, At quarterback, we got uh Trace McSorley, senior from Penn State. He threw for 3,570 yards last year, and uh, he had 11 wins, including the Fiesta Ball against Washington. Now, Bryce Love, he's going to be your starting running back. Uh, from Stanford, he's a senior. He had 13 rushes of 50 yards or more, which is a college football record. Now, which, which, when, what I mean by that is 13 times in which he touched the ball, he ran for 15 yards, just in case you didn't know. Now, overall, in terms of his stats, he had 2,118 yards and 19 touchdowns. Now, the other starting running back is going to be Jonathan Taylor, sophomore from Wisconsin. He had 9, uh, 1,977 yards last year which is a, um, a college football record for a freshman. Now, let's get down to these wide receivers. We got A.J. Brown from Mississippi State, a junior. He had 75 catches, 1,252 yards, and he's the top receiver in the SEC coming into the season. Then you got David Seals, the fifth, uh, from a senior from West Virginia. He had 18 touchdown catches last season, which was the most in the nation. And then to end it all off, you got tight end Noah Frank, from iowa he had 11 tds on uh, just 30 catches so that's really efficient that's really efficient y'all now let's break down this old line here we got jonah williams from alabama we also got dalton Rister from kansas state we got Bo benchwell from wisconsin we also got david Edwards who was david edwards from wisconsin so oh yeah wisconsin will be able to do some should be able to do some things offensively last, next year. Well, this is the coming season they got the running back, and they got two two pretty good linemen, and they also and then uh to end that up they got Matt, uh, Mitch Hyatt from Clemson, also uh for the old line. Now in terms of oh, now in terms of defense we have uh, first team defense we have def- we're gonna go through the defensive line first. We got Christian Wilkins, uh, senior from Clemson. Ed Oliver, uh, he's a junior from Houston, the University of Houston. Now, he's had 73. He had 73 tackles last year, 16 and a half for a loss. Now, this means he's uh, 16 of his tackles were behind the line of scrimmage. So, after the play, instead of being third and 10 or second and 10 or whatever, he's second and 14, second and 13, which is really good. It's uh field position. That's, that's a part of the game as well. Then we also got Rashawn Gary, junior from Michigan, twelve tackles last year, six for uh six six sacks excuse me. Then we also got Nick Bosa, the illustrious Bosa family from Ohio State. He's a junior. Then we also uh, ending up on the defensive line. We got Devin White. Uh, oh excuse me. Oh, excuse me. That was that was the re- uh, Nick Bosa was the last defensive uh, lineman. Now off to the linebackers, we got Devin White from LSU, a senior who has 133 tackles. Cameron Smith from USC, a se- another senior as well. Then we also have T.J. Uh, Smith from Wisconsin. He's a sophomore, but he had four interceptions last season at, at the linebacker spot, which is really good. Now we have at the cornerback position, we have Greedy Williams, cornerback, sophomore. Um, he had six uh, interceptions. He's from Miami. He had six interceptions uh, as a freshman last year. Then we got cornerback Brian Murphy from Washington, a sophomore. And then we also got Saquon Johnson, another safety from Miami. Uh, he's a senior. And he had four interceptions. And then uh, finally, uh, for defense, we, uh, last but not least, we have Andrew Wingard. He's a safety from Wyoming. And he has he's 100 tackles away from his personal school record. You go, bro. And then in terms of special teams, we got kicker Matt Gray, a senior from Utah. Last year, he won the Lou Rose Award, which is the award for the best kicker, simply. And then that uh, punter, we got Mitch Wisnowski, uh, another senior from Utah. And he won the Ray Guy Award, which is the award for the best punter. And this is his third year being an All-American. And uh, that's about it, y'all. Um, let's get into one last story. We're going to wrap this up for today. And uh, after 16 years, because we don't know all know basketball news now. One last story here. Uh, manager nobly has retired after 16 seasons. He is 41 years old. He had one year left on his contract. He just decided to walk away. Me, personally, I'm going to keep it lit. Him hey, and Tony were far away removed from their prime and they should have probably walked away a while ago. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think they were just take roster spots at one point at some point. That's just me. That's just me. Now 30, uh, average 13.3 points, three and a half assists over his career. 14, uh, 14 points, three, three pointed assists and four rebounds in the playoffs. He's also a two times all two time all star and a 2008 NBA six man of the year. And also, of course, as we know, a four-time NBA champ. So, another era ends. You know, it was a, it was a good run. Like I said, during his last couple of years, I, I thought he could have retired a while back. Um, I didn't see too much from him. Him or Tony Parker. And I, and, I, and, I, and in a way, I kind of felt like it held, held the Spurs back after 2013, of course. You know, of course, they won in the 2013. They were able to somehow beat the Heat. Whatever. But um after that I just felt like they kinda fell off. But um that's just me. But he did have a good career. He had a solid career and he's definitely gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Alright, y'all, so we're gonna wrap it up for today. And I'd like to apologize to everybody for, you know, taking yet again. It seems to be like another hiatus. Um for those of you who may may know me, um, my grandmother who's uh, my grandmother is currently not doing so well. Uh she's on hospice right now and of course that changes a lot of your schedule and what you might have planned or what you might want to do might switch up and uh just so I'm there for her um there isn't no real clear timetable in which she has to, to live as far as I know so um I've been dealing with that y'all and uh, this is why this is important to me this is like an outlet for me and um you know and uh again guys um I love to reach out with you guys, communicate. I do have a Snapchat now as well. You can look me up on there, Jay Butler. Uh feel free to comment. Feel free to hit me up on Facebook as well. L Jamal E-L-J-B-T-L-E-R. Um, you know, definitely looking to, you know, hear any feedback, connect, hear some well wishes or, you know, encouragement. Um I do this I do this for when I first started this blog, it was something you know that i was always into i always wanted to do some type of blog or a podcast and uh just to just to you know help myself you know to learn a lot you know i learn a lot through my research and then share all that with others um especially when i'm talking about this sport sports really you know gravitate to me and i feel like i'm really you know helping people out or just you know giving some of people to be entertained by and either way i'm okay with that and especially at this point in my life i definitely like the extracurricular activity. I like being able to, to do something different. And this is fun for me, and I would like to take this to different places. But that doesn't happen without people's at least engagement and, uh, you know, at least hitting me up every now and again. Let me know what you what you would like to see, what you like to hear. Um, That definitely helps. Again, like I said, I'm on Snapchat now, Jay Butler. And again, like I've always said, I've been on Facebook, L-Jamal, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. Instagram is coming soon. Please look out for that, y'all. Again, I want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen. This is not the easiest thing to do. And it's not, you know, something that you would, you know, commit. Just, you know, everybody, you know, wants to commit this after doing listening to somebody talk to them every day or every couple of days about whatever. It might not even be your favorite subjects, but thank you guys for uh, taking the time to hear me out. And uh, I, will, I will try to be back uh, tomorrow not um pretty soon after that more likely the next day and like i said i still have that movie review for you guys we're going to be going over the young guns and we want to wrap up these divisional previews as well so when we come back we'll be talking about those but for now for today y'all we're gonna sign off much love you guys thank you for your support and all i ask is that y'all treat each other good all right y'all peace